Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Stephen Serta. Got a huge AFC matchup on Sunday afternoon at Arrowhead Stadium between the 8-4 and four Kansas City Chiefs and the 6-6 six and six Buffalo Bills. So very happy to be joined by Jay Spence, the King. He is a contributing member uh, for our friends at buffalorumblings.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Spence, the King. Jay Spence, uh, first off, uh, I think this game is has a lot of storylines headed into it. And, and I think most importantly, obviously, is this rivalry between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. But also, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and a lot of storylines just kind of playing into this one that really make it a, a highly, highly important game for both of these teams moving forward the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, for the Buffalo Bills, this is this is like the the beginning of the must-win games for them. So, uh this is one of those games where, you know, if they can't win it, they're probably look on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoffs. They're right now already in the hunt. So, if you lose this one, it, it's going to be tough to kind of crawl back into playoff contention and then I'm not sure um and I'm curious from from your perspective you know why this is really important for the Chiefs I think the Chiefs are in good shape I'm a little jealous this season uh but I'm curious to see what you say (laughs) yeah it's I think it's really important for them because obviously they're still vying for the first round buy in the playoffs which is obviously so huge where only one team gets it in the conference I think the AFC is still pretty wide open top to bottom, I think, which plays into the Bills' favor a little bit. Obviously, they, they got to get things rolling this week against the Chiefs. But uh, it, but really, overall, the Kansas City Chiefs, like they just haven't been very impressive lately. And, and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they've got answers either, which is the most concerning part about it. Like I, I think the Chiefs' defense is really like top tier. But their offense has been dreadful at times this year, and they don't seem to have any answers there, even with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So I I think this game matters uh, a lot to both teams in in different ways, obviously. But I also am kind of tending, and we'll get into all of this stuff, but you you asked me, and so like why I'm so weary of this game and what it could mean for the Chiefs moving forward is like I'm not confident in the Chiefs at all right now. Like they – Almost got like they beat the Raiders pretty, pretty easily, but like looked really bad in that game to start out. And then it's the Raiders and Aiden O'Connell's their quarterbacks. So they turn things around and then they got totally dominated by the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football last week. Like that was the Packers were in charge of that game from start to finish. And I never felt confident that the Chiefs were in it at all. Even in the fourth quarter when Patrick Mahomes gets the ball down and and they're down eight points and you think like, oh, Mahomes can go do this. This season, that has not been the case at all. And and so I feel like both these teams, while they're at different spots in their season, this game is really important and kind of like a turning point, I, I think, for both of them in different ways, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I think for me, it's just it's surprising how internally um because you're not the first um fan or or first person who follows the team that I hear kind of have this perspective and but outside looking in you know we look at it as like okay look they still have Patrick Mahomes they're in a good place they're 8 and 4 so you know yeah it hasn't looked the same but at any given moment Mahomes and Kelsey could have a huge game or Pacheco could have one of those moments that 
you know, so I just, I don't know. I I guess because you guys have Super Bowl wins lately, I just have a different type of confidence in your team than I do uh, for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have let me down in the playoffs. They let they've let me down in big moments, and and you know we're used to making the playoffs now, but you know this season um, they've been so inconsistent and they've lost several games that they should have won. You know, you talk about the Patriots game and the Broncos game, the first Jets game. Um, that's just three right there that you feel like the Bills should have won. And you, depending on how you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, I think personally, I, I thought the, the Buffalo Bills were a better team top to bottom than the Jaguars, and we lost that game. So, you know, in, really this last week against the Eagles, I know the Eagles have the best record in the league, but I feel like the Bills beat themselves there when you talk about the amount of penalties, just sloppy play. So, you know, whereas you, again, you're looking at it from a, a standpoint of exactly how it's played out in a way, but your results are still very good. I, I, yeah. My concern is I feel like Andy Reid is just being smart with it. I feel like, okay, we're going to win this way while we have to, or while we can when we have to go punch for punch with a, you know, with a big offense, we got Pat and we could do it. So Mahomes, go ahead and do your thing. And I don't know. Well, and you mentioned the Bills loss to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chiefs just lost to the Eagles a few weeks ago too. And I think those were very similar circumstances where like the Chiefs lost that game. They played a really good game against the Eagles and lost it in the fourth quarter just because they could not get anything going offensively in the second half. There was mistakes, penalties, turnovers. Like The Chiefs have been doing that stuff all year long, too. And that's kind of what, uh, for our listeners who haven't been so locked into the Buffalo Bills, Like, I, I kind of wanted to just get your explanation of what's going on with the Bills. Like, This is a team that obviously has uh, Super Bowl aspirations coming into the season. They're three and five over their last eight games. And, you know, you talk about the result of the Chiefs where they're sitting at eight and four still in the mix for the first round bye. But I think both of these teams have had a lot of really inconsistent moments this season. And the Chiefs have just been fortunate enough to catch the breaks, whereas I think sometimes the Buffalo Bills, it's just like on top of the mistakes, on top of the penalties and all of that stuff they're not catching the breaks that some of these other good teams do sometimes where they can overcome those mistakes and still win football games. Yeah. You look at last year, we were 13 and three, you know, with the one game that was canceled with against the Bengals, but you look at that team and in a lot of those moments that like you're talking about certain things, the ball just bounced our way where this year it's not happening that way. You talk about 12 men on the field against the Broncos, where if the play had stand, um, then you, you talk about a missed field goal, the Buffalo Bills win. Ken Dorsey probably isn't fired. But because we missed that field goal or because we have 12 men on the field, then there's a penalty. They get the kick to do it again, five yards closer, game over. Buffalo Bills lose. You know, the, the, it changes the, the season completely. But I do think that um, when Ken Dorsey was let go, it was a complete change in the trajectory of the season for the Buffalo Bills. Now I, I feel more confident. I'm not saying that I feel confident necessarily in this game. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many Bills fans actually pay attention to the Chiefs, but I, I see a very good defense. You know, um, it, there's a weakness, I would say, in the in the run game as far as the Chiefs. A uh, little bit of dent in armor when it comes to the run game, but that's my concern is the defensive side of the ball when I come into this game. But for the Bills, man, all season, I feel like 
Um, they just they've kind of handcuffed Josh Allen. They didn't want him to to run when that's been part of what's made him great. They've taken away his legs as a weapon. They've also you know kind of they they've also tried to overcomplicate the offense. And what that's done is to me it it makes Josh Allen kind of it makes him look confused out there. When we know we've seen him be great, we know that he's smart. We know it's just too much. So I think what we've seen now since he's been, since Ken Dorsey has been let go, Joe Brady has kind of gone back to some of the things that that Josh Allen was used to when Brian Debo was here. And even maybe last season, some of the things that worked with Ken Dorsey. And I think they're just moving at a better pace for Allen. And I think, I think the team has found some energy. So hopefully coming off the bye, the bills have found that energy and, um, you know, and we can kind of, this game is huge. This game is huge, man. But, but again, the chiefs don't lose two in a row. Like I, I don't, I think throughout the course of Mahomes' career, I don't think they've lost two games back to back. And if they have, it's probably only been one time. It's and part of the reason I'm so skeptical of, about this matchup. And, and it's like, cause I, I do feel like the bills have kind of already like had their rock bottom moment. And now it's like, all you got to do is win now. Like you mm-hmm. just got to put it together and minimize the mistakes and, and, and put everything together and, and go on a run and like prove you're a playoff contending team. You're a team that's like in the upper echelon of the AFC. And I don't feel like the chiefs are quite there yet. Like you mentioned their defense and their defense has been special this season. It's been the best part of the 2023 Kansas city chiefs. And it's not even mm-hmm. really very close. Uh, but over the last two games, I think there's there's been game plans that have been deployed that have really shown like how you attack them. And the Raiders started it, which was that first quarter. The Chiefs found themselves down 14 to nothing. They should have been down 21 to nothing because the Raiders got inside the red zone. And there was like a fourth and three where instead of going for it, they decided to kick a field goal and they missed the field goal. And if they would have gone for it, they probably could have gotten it and been up three touchdowns coming out of the first quarter in that game. But yeah, the Chiefs rally and it's Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders and the talent deficit and everything. And they wind up winning that game 31-17. Well, then Sunday night football against the Green Bay Packers. Packers did the exact same thing the Raiders did in that first quarter. It was all hurry up offense. It was quick runs, quick passes, mm-hmm. get the ball out. Don't let Spags blitz the hell out of you. Don't don't let him uh don't don't let him send all these exotic looks at you and try to try to get pressure and, and force the mistakes and things like that. That's exactly what the Packers did, but the Packers are a talented enough team to do it for four quarters, and they did it for four quarters and totally just iced the Chiefs basically the entire time. So I just, like, with that in mind, like, I still think this Chiefs defense is elite. I still think that Spags can make some adjustments and fine-tune some things, and there's a chance they might have Nick Bolton back in this game. But just based on what we've seen from the Bills since they fired Ken Dorsey, it seems like they're leaning into the run a little bit more. You mentioned the design runs to Josh Allen. like, And, and I, I think... At times, you mentioned the overcomplication of the offense. It feels like Josh Allen at times this year is kind of doing the, I got to go out and get an 80-yard touchdown on this one. I got to go out and I got to make all the big plays and make all the big throws. And it seems like they've settled down a little bit more now. Like they're trying to minimize the mistakes. They're leaning into the run. They're doing the Josh Allen running game and and, and trying to minimize all of those mistakes. Like, do you do you feel like that's the process moving forward, and that's how the, we can expect them to try to attack the Chiefs' defense this week? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny that you mention or or that you bring up 
you know, uh, how teams have been attacking the Chiefs lately as far as, you know, faster tempo and kind of trying to ice the Chiefs in that way. That's exactly what the Bills have been doing just in general over the last two games with Joe Brady calling the offense. So, um, you know, the Bills have been way more up-tempo. I wouldn't say hurry-up offense, but it's absolutely a a faster-paced offense than we saw for the first part of the season. And, you know, hopefully if, if that's, if that is the weakness of the def- the defense of the Chiefs, which you mentioned, is elite, man. It, it's been it's been fun to watch the tape, like to go back and to watch. I love defense, so for me, it's been it's been a treat to watch, man. And um, you know, if the Buffalo Bills can can do if they can replicate what they've done over the last couple of games, then I do feel confident that they can come out with a win here. Because, like you mentioned, their backs are against the wall. This is a must. This is absolutely a must win. Yeah, and the Chiefs defense too. Like I, I think part of what keeps them on their heels when you get into that hurry up and the quick tempo type of offensive game plans, they like to change personnel a lot. Like Spags likes to throw a lot of different looks at you, and when you're hurrying up to the line of scrimmage, you're not giving them time to change bodies out. And I, I think that's something that offenses have diagnosed about the Chiefs defense, and, and we'll see how Spags tries to adjust to that. But that's two games in a row now that, that we've seen that uh, be pretty successful against this Chiefs defense that has been pretty locked down all season. Uh, but sticking on the Bills' offensive side of the ball, obviously, Stefan Diggs, uh, still incredible, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Gabe Davis, I, I and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jay Spence, but it feels like he's still kind of that uh, like boomer bust player, but when he booms, he has really big monster games. And you guys might have Dawson Knox back this week. He's been practicing. He's been on IR, but Dalton Kincaid's been great when he's gotten opportunities this season. Uh, James Cook's been solid. And then Khalil Shakir, finally, it seems like, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I want to get into the rest of the offense, but I actually want to ask you about Khalil Shakir because I was frustrated as just as somebody who watches the Bills from afar, but like follows a lot of these draft prospects and and young players. Like it seemed like as a rookie, Khalil Shakir, every time he got an opportunity, it seemed like he was making plays. Like he was making big plays in very, very limited opportunities. And then they start this year and he can't get on the field. But since he's kind of taken over that full-time slot role for them, he is a contributing player who continues to make plays and looks like a dynamic, like consistent weapon for them. Like, why did it take so long to get Khalil Shakir on the field? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's been frustrating for Bills fans just as much as it's been for you. I think the thing is, though, um, Ken Dorsey, he wanted to absolutely push a 12 personnel style offense. He wanted to have the two tight ends out there, uh, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, or, you know, a running back and whatever. He, he wanted that type of offense to flow. So the the opportunities for Khalil Shakir were just not as, they just weren't there. And I think with the, the injury to Dawson Knox, I think that's kind of opened the opportunity for the Buffalo Bills to go back to some of the things that we've seen them be successful with previously. And Khalil Shakir is kind of just, kind of slid right into that Cole Beasley role. I won't say that he's been as effective as Cole Beasley, but I mean, if you look at the run over the last maybe four or five weeks and you look at, you know, each week, the numbers that he's putting up and the consistency, when you look at the targets that he's getting versus the receptions and the yards that he's putting up, I mean, it's been impressive to watch. So I think that, you know, I think going forward, he should maintain a huge role in this offense. He's been... 
it's been fun to watch him blossom, man. I've been rooting for him since he was drafted. And like you mentioned, he just hasn't gotten those opportunities. I love it. I love it. I, I want I, I want to see him kind of be one of those those third down guys that Josh Allen depends on because we've seen him do it a few times now where, you know, it'll be a third and seven and he ends up with a 21 yard gain or, you know, or yeah. he turns a just a 10 yard route into a touchdown. He's, he's that dynamic of a guy, man. He's special. So the more that he gets involved and I'm not as big of a fan of Gabe Davis as, as most would probably be at this point. I think he's been very underwhelming. You know, uh, he kind of created a legend in the game against you guys in the playoffs where, you know, he set the record for touchdown receptions and all of this, <laughs> this stuff. And it was cool. It was fun. It was a great moment. But ever since, it's very inconsistent. He's up and he's down. He's up and he's down. And, you know, he'll have a game where he goes off for 120 yards and then he'll have three or four games where he has a total combined, like two receptions over a four game stretch. I need more out of my wide receiver too. So if Khalil Shakir could, could get some more opportunities at that slot position, man, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's been a really impressive player just in like on, as a rookie, he just couldn't find his way onto the field. And as soon as they leaned into him this year, it seemed like he started making plays. So I, I think he's, mm -hmm. he's definitely a playmaker for them. If they continue to try to utilize him uh, in, in big ways in that offense. And you mentioned, the the Chiefs the the main kind of chink in the Chiefs armor this season defensively is against the run where they haven't been terrible against the run but that has been where they've been worse like their secondary has been very good at locking down opposing passers for the most part and they've given up a lot of rushing yards here especially recently uh, Josh Jacobs just killed them in, in that game against the Raiders and. You know, James Cook is having a really nice year, I think, where I feel like he kind of goes overlooked across the landscape of the NFL in terms of like young NFL running backs. And, you know, some of that might be that it's it's more of like a committee style with most NFL teams now where Latavius Murray is heavily in the mix here. But it seems like the Bills are really leaning into their run game and really leaning into the dynamic playmaking ability of a James Cook and and they're still getting a decent amount of work out of Latavius Murray on a weekly basis. Yeah, and, and when they're doing that, what that does is it opens up the play-action pass for Josh Allen. He's, you know, out of play-action passing. He's top three in every statistical category that there is. So, you know, James Cook kind of emerging as kind of that top back in that committee that you're talking about. Um, it's been fun to watch. And, and for us, it's been a treat because it's the best backfield now that we've had since LaShawn McCoy. You know, we've we've kind of had a underperforming backfield really ever since LaShawn McCoy left and kind of went to you guys. So it's just it just hasn't been it hasn't been fun to watch. Our run game had to be Josh Allen. You don't want Allen taking unnecessary hits just to kind of keep your run game going. And that's what we had to do for several years. Now we um, you know, we have a good running game. But the hope is now to, to kind of get Josh Allen back into the mix there. Like I mentioned earlier, they, they kind of handcuffed him. So now if you add Josh Allen back into the mix, when you have a, a James Cook performing the way that he is, man, it can be scary for a lot of defenses because, you know, when that threat of Josh Allen running is there, plus 
you know, those RPOs is just something that is very tough to cover when you got a guy like James Cook that can and will average five yards a carry, or you have Josh Allen that can run it and be dynamic, run over a guy or jump over a guy at any moment, or he can throw it out to Diggs or or Shakir or or Kincaid. You know, it, it's it, it can become very difficult for defenses if Josh Allen is able to protect the ball and just take what the defense gives him every play. But uh, like I said, it's just been overly complicated up until a couple of weeks ago. And moving over the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, we, we talk about this Chiefs defense that it has been elite much of the season. And I feel like we kind of got robbed a little bit of the potential of the Bills defense this year. Just. Mm-hmm. All the injuries, Tredavious White going down, Matt Milano going down. I think Daquan Jones was on the shelf for a significant period of time. And you know, they started the season looking like this is like a premier unit in the NFL that can give any offense in the league problems. And since then, it, it's obviously had a lot of issues. But at the trade deadline, uh, the Bills did go out and acquire cornerback Rasul Douglas who has really been playing nice football for the Bills since they acquired him and and feels like his kind of stabilized some of the issues that were going on in that secondary, but just kind of, kind of fill me in on what's going on with the Bills defensively right now. And, and your confidence level in them trying to slow this chiefs offense that hasn't been nearly as explosive as chiefs offenses that we're used to in the past. Well, I tell you, uh, you're right about the secondary. Uh, Russell Douglas coming over was a big – he's been a big help in, in the absence of Trey White and even Matt Milano. I know Matt Milano's a linebacker, but um, he was heavily involved in the passing defense. And, you know, without him back there, you know, covering certain tight ends, like th- this would have been a big game for him coming up against Travis Kelsey. So we miss him and we miss Daquan Jones. Our run defense has suffered because of Daquan Jones's absence. Uh, so – I do worry about that. If if uh, Pacheco is is full health, I saw that he popped up on the injury report. I don't know exactly. I have to kind of dig a little bit deeper to see exactly the the depth of that injury. But but man, if uh, if if you guys focus on the run, there's definitely you know I, I know I just said it about your team, but the Buffalo Bills' weakness on defense as well is that run. Uh, they'll give up a big two three plays per game to to the run and you know it's very frustrating it's very frustrating so right now i think sean mcdermott has done a a decent job trying to keep them together with duct tape as much as he can um but part of the problem has been the offensive issues that we kind of talked about earlier where uh the bills had a lot of three and outs we were punting the ball more than more than we normally would time of possession we would lose that every week and so the defense was kind of left out to dry. And when you have those big injuries, plus older players in our secondary with Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, uh, some of the guys on the defensive line, you talk about Von Miller coming back from uh, ACL tear and uh, just the defense just shouldn't be on the field as much as they were. So I think, you know, they're kind of getting a little bit of a worse rep than they deserve, but you know, you can't argue with stats when when you give up big runs or when you're uh, giving up scores in late game situations. That's what people are going to remember because that's what they see. It doesn't matter uh, that your offense left you out to dry. So I think it's getting better, though. Like I mentioned, with the offense, I, I do think it's getting better. And you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. He did miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday this week with the shoulder injury that that's something that came out of the. Uh, Packers game like he was totally healthy had not been on the injury report at all so he's definitely something to watch if he's unavailable in this game the Chiefs would be down to Clyde Edwards-Alaire as they're starting running back on Sunday afternoon Uh, 
maybe LaMichael P. Ryan and Daenerys Prince, who would be practice squad call-ups, could be in the mix there as well as Jarek McKinnon's dealing with the groin injury. So uh, the Chiefs could be shorthanded in the running back room on Sunday. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But the Buffalo Bills are coming off their bye week. So it feels like this is as healthy as they've been in a while. Got some extra rest. Got some time to focus on some things. Try to clean some things up. But you know, ahead of this huge matchup against the Chiefs, what are just a, a couple of things you're kind of looking for the Bills to, like adjustment-wise, like things that you you hope that they worked on over the bye week that they can kind of start implementing the rest of the way here? To be honest, I, um, I, I think if they, if they look offensively the way that they've looked the last two weeks, I have nothing to complain about, and I don't want them to change anything. I think – for me, the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing them do just overall offense, defense, special teams is clean up a lot of the mistakes, a lot of those, you know, false starts or a lot of those holding illegal block in the back and, you know, just the silly penalties. You know, if we can clean that up and, and not give Patrick Mahomes an extra set of downs, if we're able to, to stop them on third down, don't do anything done with, you know, uh, a rough in the pass or anything like that. And that seems to be kind of what the script has been for the Buffalo Bills over the last few games, defensively especially. So, you know, if we can clean that up, you can't do that against an MVP player like like Patrick Mahomes. He will, he will destroy you every time. And I know this offense hasn't quite been the dynamic offense that most people are used to when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I, I still, you know, I, I, I've been telling Bills fans all week, like, look, it's still Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. And I'll tell you what, some of those guys, they they might not do it consistently every single week. But if 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 you pay attention to at least fantasy football, then you recognize that like every once in a while, it doesn't matter. It might be it, just pick one. One of those guys has a huge game and, and it could be Sky Moore this week. It could be whoever next week. But Patrick Mahomes, he finds a target and he ends up eating he ends up eating a defense alive every other week so you know this is this is going to be a good one it's going to be fun to watch yeah i'm definitely excited for it it does feel like it is a very important game for both these teams moving forward uh I think Chiefs fans would prefer Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice would have a monster game against this Bills defense but uh, we'll have to see what the Chiefs have in store for them on Sunday afternoon at Arrowhead Stadium but He's Jay Spence the King. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. Uh, make sure you head over to buffalorumblings.com. Get a different perspective on, on this matchup. See what they're talking about over there. They do fantastic work uh, on that side, a part of SB Nation. So make sure you head over there and check it out. But uh, Jay Spence, thank you so much for joining me here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Can I ask one question before we get out of here, man? Yeah, absolutely. I did want to ask one thing. So because of the, the and, and I don't think this is the case, but I, I want your perspective on it. A lot of people have been kind of attributing um, the offensive regression. And I guess you can say some people are trying to say, oh, well, you know, the enemy left. So there is a part of Eric the enemy uh, where his presence mattered when it comes to how effective the offense is. Do you think that Eric the enemy leaving has anything to do with it? Or is it just that, you know, now that the, the, the collection of players around Patrick Mahomes just can't quite uh, produce the way that other teams have in the past. I think it all plays a part. Um, you know, I, I don't think because there's been a lot of that on the Chiefs side, like blaming Matt Nagy coming back and saying like, it's his fault. The offense isn't working anymore. Um, 
I don't think that's the case because I don't think it's his offense. I think it's Andy Reid's offense. I, I think the the main thing that they missed from Eric Bieniemy was the standard that he set for them and the accountability that he brought to the team every day. Because it's you know we we went through all these years where he was just getting overlooked for head coaching jobs, and it was really frustrating because I listened to every single Chiefs press conference all throughout the entire NFL season, and if you listen to Eric Bieniemy talk, like that guy sounds like an NFL head coach. Like that's yeah. that guy sounds like he knows how to work with individuals, how to coach them up and how to get the best out of them on a weekly basis. And I think that that's something that they're missing. I don't think that Matt Nagy really brings that to the table the same way that Eric B enemy does. Cause I think you know, th there was a few reports over the years of like players being frustrated with B enemy or whatever. And then they come out and they'd be like, that's totally bogus. Like we love him. He challenges us every single day. And I do think that they missed that because I don't think Andy Reid's that kind of coach. I think Andy Reid is, you know, fun, lovable, crack jokes, mm -hmm. like have fun with the guys, let them, you know, let them do their thing. And the enemy was the one that was saying like, yeah, when you practice like that, that's how you lose football games. And, and I think that gotcha. they're, they're really, really missing that this season. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you guys missed that Sunday. I do. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Uh, 3.25 p.m. Arrowhead time. I I, I don't think we're going to be in for uh, like a 13-second kind of performance on Sunday, but uh, I, I think we are in for a very good football game. So we'll see how it plays out then. Uh, and hopefully uh, it, it will be the thing that kind of catapults one of these teams to really finish off the season strong. But until then, uh, we, we will have to see how things play out. We'll, we'll uh, talk to you guys later on this week on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.